Welcome to Cannons on the Run, episode 38, a production of St. Norbert Abbey in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm Reverend Frater Jordan. And I'm Frater Jonathan. And we are recording from St. Norbert Abbey because school is out. Woohoo, school's out, yeah. Oh, summer. Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't even think of it that way. That's beautiful. And uh, and we continue our daily decalogue with mm-hmm. Saint Pope John the Twenty Third. So, what have you been up to, Frater Jonathan? Well, like you said, I finished school, which is great. Finished the May term, so now I'm back up at Saint Norbert Abbey here in De Pere for the summer, at least. Spend time with our community up here. Um, I'll be doing various things around the Abbey, doing an independent study, so still continuing my studies and things, but a different pace of life, definitely. De Pere, Wisconsin, compared to Chicago, Illinois. Very mm-hmm. different pace. Since our last recording, we had Memorial Day. You were up here at the Abbey at that point already. I was still in Chicago. And we had a little Memorial Day gathering at the house in Chicago. We invited uh, a few of my family members, actually, who are in the area, and some priests from one of our parishes. So a small gathering. I think there was like eight of us total at the house. Father Jim grilled between the rain, which was great. So burgers and brats and stuff uh, and chicken. Got some chicken on the grill. So that was a lovely gathering for Memorial Day. And other than that, it was just for me packing up at Chicago, gathering enough things at least that I would need here for the summer um, and finishing some projects up there. Which and you forgot good. your computer charger. <laughs> you know, I didn't plan on telling everyone that, but sure, now that we're bringing it up, <laughs> let's tell everyone. I thought I did a great job. I had everything packed, but I forgot my computer charger in my drawer. I mean, not a huge issue. So luckily, 99.9% packed. Yep, that was super close. But luckily, you also have a Mac so I could use your charger, which you were so happily ready to offer and let me use. You're like, Jonathan, that's totally fine. Here totally you go. Fine. You can use mine. No problem. Just make sure it's back in the next hour. <laughs> yeah, not enough time. There was no eye roll or sigh of, you know, like disgust or anything. Yeah. Oh, Jonathan. <laughs> so, yeah, I wrapped up things at Chicago. Got to spend some time with people in Chicago before I was leaving. Um, and then when I got back to Green Bay, a cousin of mine had his high school graduation party. So went to that, got to see some family and. Just getting back with life here at the Abbey. Great. Yeah. Yeah, I cooked Memorial Day. Uh, me and Frater Charles, our first-year novice here at the Abbey, we were signed up to cook for the whole community for lunch. So did burgers, brat patties, and hot dogs. Brat patties? Ooh. Yeah, to try to save on buns. Right? Oh, sure. So Smart. you just get one one kind of bun. So they look like a burger, but they're brat. But they're brat. Sweet. They're brat. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, Frater Charles and I, we did that, which was great. Also, Notre Dame Academy had their commencement and baccalaureate, so served as deacon there mm-hmm. uh, before I served there as priest. Uh, so that was kind of neat. And wrapped things up in Chicago two weeks ago. I had my last Sunday Mass as deacon serving there, which was a really, really beautiful opportunity. The pastor, Father Tom, was very affirming. And then had a, my last event, uh, a storytelling. There was a panel of uh, eight of us telling stories for the parish. Uh, one of their groups was hosting an event. And so that was really fun to practice and listen to other people's stories. Practice, like to prepare telling your story? Yeah. Nice. And it was your life story. Like, so I was born. No, I'm sure it was a little more specific. 1989 in Park Falls. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, oh my gosh, this story's going to take forever. Ever. <laughs> At least it's just 30 years. But <laughs> Right, right. So what, what, what kind of storytelling was it? Um, 
You can tell any story. Okay. Uh, so just something from your life. Right. Humorous, just experience. Serious, a deep experience, whatever. Yeah. Funny, cool. sad. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Wow. Great. So it's kind of based upon, I guess, NPR has The Moth, it's called. Okay. Uh, and, I've heard of that. Uh, a lot of people tune in to listen to The Moth. So they're like, hey, we should do this as a community building event at mm. the parish. Mm-hmm. So the group is called Encore. And it's, uh, I like what they say. It's, um, Encore is the group in the parish for 50 years old or better, they say. So. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning older. Yeah, yeah. Or better. Sweet. Or better. So, yeah, Very nice. Fun. So you were there as a Good guest people. to storytell yeah. to the group. Yep. Beautiful. Yeah. Stories are the best way that we you know relate so well to people, hearing each other's stories, sharing our own stories. That's great. So number six that we'll be talking about today, we're past the halfway point for the Daily Decalogue. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's great. We're getting some good mileage out of this. Lots of good things to unpack in this daily Decalogue. Number six, would you like the honor of reading it today? Surely. Only for today, I will do one good deed and not tell anyone about it. So the irony in trying to talk about number six, which I like a lot, it's very succinct, is the last part. I will do one good deed and not tell anyone about it. So that means we can't talk about this one. Yeah, can't talk about it. That's a wrap. Uh, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> so we talked about that for a bit in preparing for this podcast. And really talking about this helped us realize that that last part is really, at least for both of us, I would say, we realize the importance of that last part of the statement, that last phrase, and not telling anyone about it. So that's really what we're going to focus on is what this not telling anyone about a good deed, what that does in our hearts, what that does for a person, how they look at it. So the irony actually helped us find some of the spiritual fruit within this one, I think. Mm -hmm. So like we were alluding to earlier with storytelling and the importance of storytelling, as you shared, we have a few stories we want to share with you. Deacon Jordan, you get the first one. I get the first one. All right. I can recall being in the Boy Scouts all through middle school, high school. And in Boy Scouts, whenever you advance a rank, you have a board of review, it's called. And so it's two adults that kind of walk with the scout and coming to understand how have you grown in scouting that this will be a different event, entering a new rank within scouting. And I can always remember at the end of my border review, the interviewer is just asking, so what's one good thing you did today? Because there's a Boy Scout model that goes, do a good turn daily. So they would always ask, so what is one good thing you have done today? And I sit there and go, uh, mm, mm, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a pretty bad person. No, uh, no but no. but you don't always think about your day. Like this is where like it's a great opportunity to examine the day mm. and to examine your life. And I, so I sat there for a while puzzled and thinking and I said, well, you know, I helped uh, one of my colleagues form concrete. And the response was, well, did you get paid to do that? And I'm like, well, yeah, I've been working all day. Mm -hmm. But it kind of caught me off guard because it it raises the question of, well, if I'm paid to do it, does that really make it a good deed? And as we discussed in preparing for this, uh, as you mentioned, Jonathan, yeah, it does. Um, Because at work, you can just check in, do your own thing, not talk to anybody, not help anybody. But you can go above and beyond even in the workplace to to be a great friend or colleague and to help promote and, you know, better somebody else. Mm-hmm. When they ask you, what did you do today to help somebody? It was interesting. The reflection that you just said a minute ago 
to me actually highlighted the importance of the first part of making sure you're asking yourself, I'm going to do a good deed today versus kind of just becoming unaware of it, you know, unintentionally realizing that maybe we're getting very self-driven or just taking care of ourselves. So to be aware of doing a good deed daily, I love that, Mm -hmm. the Boy Scout model that you shared. And then beyond that, absolutely, in the case that you shared, I mean, that's a good deed. Even if it's on the clock, it's when you're being paid, you can just go there and fulfill a function or you can decide to go above and beyond, like you said. Right. Which I could have been like, oh, I'm on break. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Yes. I can't help you. Yeah. (laughs) Go ask that person. (laughs) Which, I mean, really connects well to the story I thought of talking with another gentleman in religious life, not in our community, in a different community. And he was talking about the community house that he lived in. And one of his house chores was cleaning the bathroom and a few other rooms on one of the floors of the room of the house. And he said one day he was cleaning the bathroom and it dawned on him. He's like, why am I working so hard to clean this bathroom so well? And I don't even use this bathroom. Like it wasn't on the floor where his room was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's like, this is ridiculous. Like, what have I signed up for? And what was beautiful was to hear how he decided to respond to it, at least from what I remember in our conversation. It seemed to me like he chose that as a way instead then to reflect on his relationship with his confreres in that house and recognize this was a chance to give something to them. He's not being thanked for it. They all have their own house chores, keeping certain areas clean, you know, working to help make the house healthy and working together and keep it clean. But he decided that this was a way to care for his confreres by also caring for the common things, in this case, caring for the space, taking good care of it. And I think he talked about how that really changed, how he understood how he uses others' things, how he uses his own things. And it just was really beautiful to hear how, so then that second part of the statement uh, and not telling anyone about it, in this case, being okay with that, like not telling anyone about cleaning that bathroom or just doing it to do it well, even if everyone seems thankless, mm-hmm. that really started to change his heart because he decided it was a way to express love for them and to still choose to care like you did in your in your job as well. So it's to still choose to care even though you don't have to necessarily. Right, and I think that really gets to the heart of the matter mm-hmm. right, of uh, St. Pope John the Twenty-Third's sixth point here. If we're looking to receive thanks and praise for all the things that we do, we're going to be really disappointed. Mm. Um, that if the motive is to receive recognition, it's not coming from a good or authentic place, especially in our lives as Christian disciples. If we're looking for thanks and recognition, yeah, we will be disappointed, but we'll also become very angry if we don't receive what we think we deserve or earn, mm-hmm. right? Which is dangerous. Mm-hmm. So to me, what you just shared goes with this phrase that you have, you've said to me before in a different conversation of just, you really need to examine your heart in terms of how you're giving to others. That's what I'm hearing what you're saying, right? I mean, it's about examining oneself. Yes, it is examining the heart, examining your own intentions of why you do things. And kind of following the golden rule, you do things or you do it because it's the right thing to do, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. It's not to receive glory or honor or praise. It's, well, I'm called to do this as a disciple of Christ. And I think the best example of this is when we look at parents. Mm -hmm. You really understand that parents do a lot for their children and receive absolutely no recognition, especially in those early stages of life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we can learn from recognizing the grace of family life or reflecting on our own family context. 
to be able to let go of our own ego and pour ourselves out for others because mm-hmm. it's the right thing to do. Absolutely. I mean, neither of us having children of our own in any way, there's no direct experience of it, but the bit I've gotten to observe from when I was teaching, you've shared about experiences working with families or some of your colleagues from the church um, and their families seeing the, these parents with their kids. The selflessness of parenting is absolutely incredible. And, you know, we're only observing it from the outside. So mm-hmm. we, we, to even say we, we hardly even know the half of it, I feel, is a significant understatement. Yeah. I mean, I know it's, I only know such a small fraction of what sacrifice parenting truly calls for and talk about a way of giving all the time <laughs> and most of the time telling no one about it, not knowing, you know, even from the very, like, basic things, you know, which I know for parents, I'm sure is just functional. Like, you have to keep your baby clean, changing their diaper. But I think it's pretty easy to say, like, that kind of thing's a good deed. And you're not telling anyone, like, hey, change a diaper today because you do it so many right. times. And you're not going to be thanked for it. And you just know that I love this child. I love this family. I'm going to do this, period. And there's no expectation beyond that. And I think that changes the heart of a person in such an amazing way. So... Yeah, for us as a community of confreres, and it's different since we're all adults relating to one another, but to have a similar outlook and to try and be inspired by that of asking myself, I guess, I'll I'll speak about myself in community life when we were in the house in Chicago and things, you know, are there things that I can do around the house that is a way to give to others? It's a part of my role in the community. And even if it might be above and beyond, then to not look for that special recognition. You actually did one one time. And I, I picked it up later and I asked you because I was like, fascinating. Because I realized that one of your jobs around the house this past year was taking care of the cars. And it's just kind of broad. At least as far as I know, there's nothing particularly outlining it. But you do little things like you're making sure that when one of us is taking a vehicle up toward the pier, you try and timed it so we could get oil changes when they're needed. And you stayed on top of that really well. I was really thankful for that. Make sure the cars have gas. I was traveling for something, and I was going to take one of the other vehicles that I hadn't driven as much typically, and you made sure it had gas, you made sure that everything was working in it, and you even wiped down the inside so there wasn't any, like, dust or anything inside. I remember I got in the car, and I asked you later, like, did you wipe this car down? It's really nice. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I did. I mean, uh, it was awesome. I mean, that was a beautiful example that I got to witness of you, and to me, those are great examples in community life of how we can inspire each other is... I think by the grace of God, if we can observe the small things like that that make a big difference, it's like, wow, wait a minute. If he just did this here, like in your case, chances are that they're doing things like that in other places in the community too. I think mm. I think that's a way that we in the community of adults can really help spur each other forward and to energize each other is to realize like, okay, they might be doing tons of things I don't know. And to, to trust that that's happening in some of our converse and to just, you know, I think it for me, it slows down then during moments of frustration instead of, you know, picking at each other's faults to recognize, like, hold on, there are other good things happening because you see some of them, luckily, and to recognize there's probably a lot more going on than I realize. And I'm going to approach a difficult conversation very differently that way. Wow, yeah. I think, too, in, in these examples of, you know, whether you're rearing children or even as us as a community of adult men living together, it's not... This also isn't a, a cop out of not being thankful or recognizing <laughs> gratitude, Great point. right? Right. Like, mm-hmm. We we do have to foster that as well in our families and in our communities. Of yes, it's good to be gracious for the things other people do for you, uh, but to recognize that it's not the reason why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Right, like you said, if that's our motivation versus examining the heart and saying I'm doing this out of love for the other. If we're expecting to be thanked, ugh, you get bitter pretty quickly mm-hmm. when you expect that from the others. Like, wow, I just said this and they didn't even notice. 
Mm-hmm. Well, right, but, you know, kind of beautifully, it's great that they didn't notice because that's just a real subtle way of just giving and moving on, you know? Right. Well, in reflecting upon this whole understanding of doing a good deed and not receiving recognition, it called to mind the parable of the Pharisee and tax collector in Luke's gospel, in which this individual, this Pharisee, was in the temple area. And the prayer that he was offering was all giving glory to himself of, look at how great and pious I am and how I'm not like the rest of humanity. I tithe, I'm not greedy or dishonest. I'm this really, really good person. God, look at me. And then off in the corner of the temple, there was this tax collector. And the tax collector was beating his breast and said, Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Christ says, who was justified here? And it was the tax collector. And it was the tax collector because he recognized that it wasn't anything on his own that could offer him salvation, but it was only God's grace. And looking at this, doing a good deed, we should not be doing it in that recognition of self or to gain, again, the glory. But we do good deeds because God has given us so much, right? So it's about the grace that comes from God in which in turn we reciprocate back to God Mm -hmm. in the love of neighbor and the love of God. Yeah, I think that's a great perspective on that. Listeners, if you want to spend time with that in the gospel, it's Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. I think your way of looking at that is great because really, I think it's the nail on the head of the temptation that if we don't take the time to recognize any goodness that comes out of us is flowing first from God through us, Mm -hmm. through Jesus Christ, through us, through the Holy Spirit, through us, then we risk the greatest temptation of this, which is self-righteousness. I am great. I did something good. Recognize me for it. Mm -hmm. And if we recognize that this is all coming from God, Christ, the Holy Spirit, loving us first, and only through that are we able to even do these good things, to reflect some of God's goodness, only then will our good deeds come from a really healthy place. And I think as we've both shared and experienced in our own lives, and hopefully listeners, some of you have as well, it's only then can you really give a good deed and be at peace recognizing, you know what, no one needs to say anything. You know, that's what allows a person, I think, to feel just very calm and at peace to go and clean something while everyone else is off having, you know, a good time socializing. Someone's in the back of the back room, you know, cleaning or getting taking care of the dishes so everyone can, and they don't need recognition. They're not doing it to say, like, oh, humble me, you know, it might just be. But they just know this is something to do, and I'm happy to do that for everyone, and people can enjoy their social time, and they go join later. It's, it's what allows us to give by God's goodness first in us. Mm-hmm. Totes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess if anything, you know, I think this is just a great invitation for all of us to look at, first of all, like your Boy Scout experience, just ask ourselves, you know, am I doing a good deed daily, doing a good turn daily? And just trying to be aware of that, of putting some goodness out there with people and just being aware of that. And then to examine our hearts and recognize, you know, so where am I giving from? Or reflect even on some recent moments of giving and recognize Am I working my tail off to, you know, be recognized for all the good I'm giving or is my to life To get centered? that promotion. Yeah, sure, right. Any of those things that we really want that I'm doing and instead recognizing because of God, because of God's love for me, God's grace, I'm able to do these good things and to keep giving from that place. Mm-hmm. If you want to learn more about Canons on the Run, go to www.norbertines.org, click on the podcast tab, and you can contact us by clicking on Contact the Podcast Team. 
You can also go to iTunes, click subscribe, leave us a rating and review. You can also like us on Facebook. So as we go forward, let us keep one another in prayer. Challenge yourselves to go out and do one good deed, not tell anyone about it. Let our hearts be transformed because God has loved us first. Let that love be shared and reflected to others. Amen. Saints Norbert and Augustine, pray for us.